You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Hello, everybody. Robert Carrillo here with uh, Spirituality 101 series. And uh, today uh, we're going to talk about lamentations or lamenting. And, um, and I'm really uh, excited about sharing about this. It's something that I've been studying uh, for a while now and has had a very profound impact on me personally. But uh, it's been a whole new world that, 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 that has opened up in my spiritual journey and knowing God and learning about God. And so I'm excited to just share some thoughts with you and uh, give you some homework to, to grow in your own spirituality and your journey. Um, so lamentations or to lament what, you know, what, what is that? What is, what is that? What is lamentations? What do we, when do we lament or when is it proper to lament or when is it okay to lament or how exactly does it work? The truth is we don't really know a whole lot. Uh, generally it's not in our fellowship of churches and not with our tradition. Uh, it's not a topic we talk about a lot. I, I've never in my Christian life ever heard a, a sermon on lament or even preached out of anyone preach out of lamentations. Um, a while ago, a few, a few years ago, I attended a, um, an Eastern Orthodox service and it was for a class I was taking at Pepperdine. I had to go to multiple, multiple different kinds of worship services. And I went to one, it was an Eastern Orthodox church. And it was really amazing. It was a beautiful old church. You know how the, the Orthodox churches are with all the paintings and the gold and the, and the, the, the just ornament, with all these ornaments and it was very pretty inside and, and, uh, the acoustics in there were amazing. And, uh, it was amazing because it was a service. It, it was Eastern Orthodox, but it was in English, Spanish, Aramaic, I think Arabic and Greek. All of those languages were spoken during that service. And I mean, I wondered, does anybody know all those languages? But it was, it was actually a really powerful service. And during the service, um, we took communion and a woman stood up in front and sang a song. And it was a lamentation. And she sang, I, I believe it was Aramaic or possibly Arabic. And it was such a moving song. It, it brought me to tears. And I looked around and everybody in, in the auditorium was crying. And I, I doubt that they all spoke that language. I knew I didn't, obviously. But her pain, her suffering, her sorrow, her hurt clearly was being communicated in the song. And the next thing I knew, I felt I, w- I was emotional and tears were going down my face. And there was something very powerful. It was what I would absolutely say a spiritual moment that we were all mourning together and we were all hurting together and we were crying together. Something very powerful happened. You know, 40% of Psalms are are laments. Uh, Almost half of the Psalms are are really lamentations. There's an entire book, right? Lamentations is is actually a whole book uh, where God memorializes the pain and the sorrow of the Jews when Jerusalem was conquered, the shame of Israel. And, and we can read about it and read about what happened. Jesus himself was very open about his feelings and his hurts and his suffering. Three times we read about him crying. And he cried with Mary and Martha when Lazarus died. He cried 
when he was looking at Jerusalem and seeing the people helpless and harassed, he cried in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he, he cried out. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. I mean, this is amazing because, because Jesus was very open about what he felt. I mean, I thought, if you, if you think about it, who says that? Who says, I am overwhelmed with sorrow to their friends? Who says, I'm so broken inside? I'm, I'm agonizing. I mean, that's how open and honest Jesus was on the cross. On the cross, he cried out, it says. He cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was, it was Psalms 22. And by the language, we know that he was repeating it again and again and again. He was lamenting. And he was using the Psalms to lament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, and but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. You are, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. And you, our ancestors, put their trust. They trusted you, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I, I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. Even at my mother's breast from birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. You do not be far from me, for trouble is near. And there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, and you lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. How open Jesus was. How transparent he was with his emotions. So much more than we allow ourselves to be. So much more than we think is acceptable. And David, who wrote so many of the Psalms, a man after God's own heart, he said, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. What's that mean? Just be honest. Being completely honest. That's what lamentations are all about. Is being completely honest with what's going inside us. What's going on inside us. It's total vulnerability. Sharing our Hurt, our pain, our shame, our fears. It's unqualified transparency. Hiding nothing. Admitting anything and everything. And just being who we actually are. 
and what we are and where we are actually at. David wrote in Psalm 10, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourselves in time, yourself in times of trouble? Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me into account? As Westerners, we don't go there. We, we're not that honest. We're not that open. We're uncomfortable, even with weeping and hurting. We're uncomfortable with pain. We don't tolerate suffering. We tell people, be strong. And when someone cries, we say, don't cry, be strong. Even at funerals. My goodness, if you can't cry at a funeral, where in the world can you cry? Now, crying is part of who we are. It's part of the process of grieving. I'm learning. I'm learning so much right now. I'm learning that laments or lamentations are no small thing. In fact, a lament has become another channel through which I can deeply connect with God, where I can find a profound connection with Him. I even have a playlist on Spotify, Lamenting Music, if you need some. A playlist, honestly, that I think a lot of members of the church need. They are essential lamentations. They're essential to our spiritual development, to our spiritual maturity. They're part of God transforming our minds and our hearts. They're key to having an honest and sincere and authentic walk with God. They're important for helping us to be, to know God and to be known by God. They are significant, I would say, essential to having an intimate relationship with God. The book of Lamentations. It's a whole book about lamenting, where the grief of God's people is memorialized forever, where symbolism is used to show how distraught, how devastated, the level of despair God's people felt. Jerusalem is depicted as Lady Zion, a widowed, childless, vulnerable woman who has endured rape, abuse, exploitation, affliction, starvation during the siege and capture of the city, who has been through so much. It uses graphic symbols and graphic graphic visions of dead bodies and shameful nakedness and starving to describe and to communicate the level of pain and despair that God's people felt. It's honestly the book of Lamentations. It's a painful read. That's what it's been called, a painful read. In Lamentations 3, 17, 18, it says, My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. Did you hear that? My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say, my strength has perished. And so has my hope from the Lord. Lamentations 3, 17 and 18. You hear? Can you feel it? The level of despair? To To have to say, my strength has perished? To have to say, I have forgotten happiness? To have to say that even my hope in the Lord has perished. In Lamentations 5, as he's pulling us out of this, he says, 
Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us. You hear the humility? You hear the sorrow? Jerusalem had blown it. They had sinned and they had not listened to the prophets. They had ignored the warnings of the Lord. And they kept going and kept going until they were completely and utterly humbled. And they suffered a horrible conquest full of shame and guilt. It's what happens to us. It's the suffering we go through. They turned to the Lord and they worked it out with him. Laments. They're the soul's response to pain and sorrow. They are the voice of despair, the voice of pain, even the voice of anger, which sometimes is the direct result of truth in the inner parts. When we lose somebody we love deeply, yeah, sometimes we even get angry. Somebody once described a lament as, a lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. But we have to work it out with God. One of the blessings and the burdens of working with hope, holding hands and praying with people who are malnourished, who are starving, who are dying, who are hurting, who are struggling to feed their kids, to provide safety, who were hated, who were reviled, who were outcasts and literally untouchables. To be in a room and hear the sharing hearts of women who felt utterly alone, abandoned, and completely worthless in their own eyes and in the eyes of the people around them. Men enslaved and helpless to overcome their own struggles, their own weaknesses, their addictions, unable to help their families, unable to help their children, and filled with despair. Walter Brueggemann, who's becoming one of my favorite authors, wrote in his book on peace, American evangelicalism reflects greatly the haves of the world. The dominant culture celebrates God. But the have-nots, the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed, people hurting like addicts, like people who've been abused, like people who've been abandoned. Their theology is often a theology of suffering and survival. They want to celebrate God, but what they relate to, what, what resonates for them, is the God who suffers, the God who feels their pain, the God of compassion, the God who heals, the God who rescues. Sung Chan Ra, in, in his book, Prophetic Lament, it's an amazing book on the theology of lamentation. He shows how people need to understand that God is the God who is the healer, the redeemer, the rescuer. You can hear it in our music. Modern songs are oftentimes modern lamentations. You hear it in the black gospel tunes from the church, especially the old ones that reach a deep down into the soul, expressing the pain and the anguish of hundreds of years of slavery and racism. And you feel it. I mean, I hear, I hear those songs and I get goosebumps and I'm not black, but I can, I relate to the pain and the sorrow. And I relate to the hurt, and it resonates with my soul. You hear it in the anger of the modern hip-hop artists and hip-hop music and rock 
music that is the music of the disenfranchised, of the left out and the angry. You hear it in the ballads of Mexico as they sing about their poverty and their pain and their suffering and their despair. You hear it in the old Irish tunes of lamentations. They have a genre of music of lamentations that expresses the pain of centuries of oppression and struggle against the English. And that theme runs all the way into American country music. We joke about country music always being the story of somebody who pickup truck broke down or lost their dog or wife left them or this or that. And they're, what are they doing? They're singing out their pain. They're singing out their sorrows. That's lamentations. That's what Psalms are. And you really hear it in Jewish music. A people who for thousands of years have suffered. We all know about the Holocaust, but there were many Holocausts in Jewish history. There are many times that Jews were hunted down and suffered horribly. It wasn't the only time. It goes all the way back through the Old Testament, through their sufferings, through their conquests, through lamentations. Every people has their own form of lamentations. Everyone suffers someday. Everyone goes through hard times and everybody has a time that they need to lament. In the last 14 months, we've been through a lot together. In the last year and a half, our world has suffered a lot and it weighs heavily in our hearts. And, and when we have all this pain coming in, how does it manifest itself? What do we do with it? The stress and the anxiety, depression and anger and fear and despair, all these things are the fruit of what our world is facing. And the thing about it is, our country doesn't even know how to lament. We don't even have those traditions. Old traditions and third world countries and old cultures, they have it. They know they mourn for a certain amount of days. They wear a certain amount of clothes. The, the Jews have a whole system of mourning. They know how to process this, but we don't. Our country is young, it's new, and, and, and we have no history, and we've cast off all the traditions, and we don't know what to do with lament. We just want to take a pill. We just want to go get drunk. We want to go get high. We want to escape any kind of suffering or pain. Even, even Christians, even disciples, don't know what to do with the pain that we feel sometimes. We need psalms, especially the psalms of lament. We need to be able to be honest about what's happening in our hearts. We need to express what's happening on the inside and to be able to work it out. We need to be able to share with God and share with each other. It was a powerful thing that day in that church. And I looked around and we're all crying. We don't know each other. We don't even speak the same language. But somehow a bond was made. The language we do speak together is suffering. And it's pain. And we can share that. Even that is a spiritual thing. That God gives us a family to share our pain with. I read this story one time as a little boy who came to his house one evening and his mother asked him, where have you been? And he said, I was next door with Miss, Mr. Johnson. And she said, I told you not to bother Mr. Johnson. His wife just died last week. And the little boy said to him, it's okay, mom. I was helping him. And she said, how were you helping him? And he said, I helped him cry. We just cried together. We need that. We need someone to share our pain and our sorrow with. 
In Romans 12, 15, Paul wrote, Rejoice with those who rejoice, but weep with those who weep. Weep with those who weep. Sometimes we have to work it out. That's part of processing our pain in what we go through. Julian Norwich, a 14th century mystic. Her parents died in a plague. She suffered much as a young woman, as a child and as a young woman. She had a very famous saying, All shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. I think that was a mantra. It reminds me of that song, It Is Well With My Soul. And the guy who wrote it had just lost his wife and his child. It is well with my soul. We have to work these things out with God and with each other when we're hurting. David wrote in Psalm 25, My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only He will release my feet from the snare. Turn me and be gracious. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous my enemies are and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me and do not let me be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope, Lord, is in you. That's his psalm. You feel it. You can feel it. Because we've been there before and we have felt these things. And usually the truth is we're not that transparent. David was a man after God's own heart. The Lord is a God who avenges. Oh, God who avenges, shine forth, rise up, judge of the earth, pay back the proud for what they deserve. David, he wanted, he wanted God to deal with people. How long, O Lord, will the wicked, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, Lord. They oppress your inheritance. David was angry. And he just poured it out before God. A psalm of Asaph in Psalm 79. Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you and on the kingdoms that do not call on your name. I mean, Asaph was like, get them, Lord, get them. Deal with them. In the ministry and leadership, we feel the critical knife of people. People being critical, fault finders, standing in judgment over our lives who condemn us and proclaim us not good enough, not spiritual enough, not good enough leader, not serving enough, not giving enough. It always amazes me. I can be there for 10 people hurting and one person I'm not there for and I get judged for it. It's just leadership though. And that's how people are. And we need those Psalms sometimes. We need the Psalms to be able to just work out our own feelings. In Psalm 31, 13, he wrote, I have heard the whispering of many people and terror on every side. While they made plans together against me, they were plotting to take my life. I trust you, O Lord. I said, you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from my enemies, for the, from those who persecute me. Smile on me and save me with your mercy. I mean, as leaders, sometimes we, we need to be able to pray that. Because we feel so much and we carry such a burden. We wrestle with despair. It searches for us. It searches for us. It hounds us. Sometimes it jumps us and beats us. It beats us down in the dark alleys of our minds. You're not enough. 
This year we've wrestled with a lot. We as a fellowship, we wrestle with who we are, our future, with the race relations, the pain, the guilt, the responsibility, the awokeness, the forgiveness, the being forgiven, the gender roles, our hurts, our awakening, our understanding, the political strife, the hurt we feel at the hands of the world, the hurt we feel at the hands of other brothers and sisters who said things that ought not be said on social media, with the losses of lives in our church, in our families, the loss of parents, the loss of children, the loss of brothers and sisters. We feel it, the concerns of the world. And what kind of world are we leaving our children and our grandchildren? What kind of world are we leaving for them? What kind of church are we leaving for others? Lamentations are a blessing from God. In Psalm 107, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He sent out word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Did you catch that? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. We need to consider the ways of the Lord. we got to work it out. Lamenting, it's a channel that God gave us to share our hurts, to process our hurts, to move forward through our hurts, not running from, not hiding from, not ignoring our pain, our sorrow, because it's there and it's real. But handling it and processing it with God and in God and with each other, as God intended. That's why there's so many lamentations in the Bible, because we need that. And Jesus needed it. We need it. Your homework? Write your own lamentations. Take this week and journal and write down your own lamentations. What do you lament in the world, in the church, in your life? What is your lamentation? God bless you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.